Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Hey, everybody. So glad to have you all back. Things you notice are going to be slightly different. Uh, But our guests are still amazing, people with great stories. In fact, today I'm super excited to have, this man has 10 published, self-published books, 10 books. He'd made three short films and he has over 60,000 subscribers on YouTube. His name is Eric Landon. Welcome to the show, Eric Landon. On YouTube, he's called Eric Landon RPG. Look him up, look up all of his books. I'm telling you, it's ericlandon.blogspot.com. Welcome to Other You, Eric. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you for having me on, man. For sure. For sure. Excellent. So mm-hmm. 10, 10 books. When did you know you wanted to write? Ooh, well, well, that's a long story, but I'll, I'll keep it short. Okay. Uh, when I was little, you know, I was playing with, my, with action figures and toys with my sister and my cousin. And usually all they wanted to do was just play, play around, goof around. Mm-hmm. With me, it's like I was always trying to take take it seriously, like trying to build a story, like a right. plot, like character development mm-hmm. and, and all that jazz. And I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know what that was because I was like, what, eight years old, 10 sure. years old. So my parents realized that I had a huge imagination, that I had, you know, talent for creating stories and constructing stories. So when I was like 15 years old, you know, I decided to just write a little story about a troubadour who meets a siren it's cringy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. I still have it. You know, written down on paper. The whole story is a small story, like wow. five pages long. But, um, yeah, I wrote it and I felt great. You know, I was like, wow, you know, I, I really want to do this. But back then, however, I wanted to be a musician. But yeah, so eventually it's just, you know, I kept going back to writing over and over again. I would go to music, you know, to filmmaking, to video making. And then, you know, over and over, I will go back to writing because I felt so free, you know, when it came to writing. When you when you do art, you know, music, uh, video, uh, movies, whatever, you know, you're, I always feel like restrained. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, a lot to do, like production values, you know, yeah. money involved, good equipment, etc. And when you write books, you're just sitting there with your head and that's it. You, you only need your hands and your head and mm-hmm. maybe well, a computer, any computer whatsoever. Right. And that's it. So I feel completely free, unrestrained, mm-hmm. you know, able to do, uh, to let my imagination fly with no borders or walls of any kind. So, you know, eventually I just, you know, noticed that I had talent for it, that I was a much better writer than I was a musician. And when I was like 25, 26, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I published my first book. Wow. Wow. So was it, was it frustrating to discover that you were a better writer than musician because you had been pursuing music for so long? Yes, it was very frustrating, very sad. You know, I really wanted to do music no matter what. Right. And I realized that no matter how, because I I got into this school and I graduated from uh, the first level, you know, on guitar, piano and, and vocals singing but um i just realized that i just don't have the um the control the discipline mm-hmm. you know the technique the music or the patience for certain instruments you need a lot of patience it doesn't look like it because when you play for example rock music or metal music you know it's just it just seems like the the, the musicians are having a lot of fun yeah just you know head banging you know and playing the instrument but no in reality there's a lot of freaking discipline and technique in there and training and practice and experience, yeah. you know, and I think, I think I'm a decent composer. However, you know, when it comes to playing the instruments and playing the songs that I already know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I screw up a lot. Yeah. So that was a problem, you know, eventually I just had to, you know, face that problem, that issue and, and just accept that. I was just not a good musician that this is not what I really wanted to do mm. because what I told you before, um, I, I kept coming back to writing over and over again. And that's right. the only art form where I felt like truly free, compelled mm. and, and satisfied. Right. That's why. So yeah, it was, it was very hard, you know, to leave music behind, but it was also very satisfactory to get into writing and having my own first book published yeah. physical, 
you know, that was awesome. Yeah. The, when you hold it in your hands for the first time, right? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> this is real. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so do you, um, so a lot of writers I know that uh, also do music, they'll put songs in their stories. Do you find yourself doing that to just keep your fingers, you know, just within reach of music? Do you, do you ever uh, put music into your stories, like lyrics or anything like that? Are you intentional about keeping, keeping hold of that? What I do is something very similar. I don't put my own music or compose music for my books. Mm-hmm. What I do is I, most of the time I write, I get so inspired by certain music mm-hmm. that sometimes it isn't about you know, creating music or getting the right song or the right theme or melody for mm-hmm. this scene. It's more like creating this scene for that melody, melody or that song or that's what I do, and I, that's what I've been doing. You know, most of my books have been heavily, and I mean heavily, inspired by the music I listen to. Mm. So it's more like, with with some of them, you know, I created like soundtracks, fict- fictional soundtracks. I mean, of course, I don't have the rights of these sure. musicians. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's like they have a soundtrack, and there's a channel. I did a channel, you know, it's like a third channel that I have, and I uploaded those soundtracks. Of course, they're all copyrighted. Sure. You know, I can't make a single penny out of them. Right. Yeah. You know, these books have a soundtrack. You know, it's nice. sometimes fans listen to them while reading the book, and it's yeah. awesome. That's great. That's great. There's um, Coheed and Cambria. Are you familiar with Coheed and Cambria? Nope. Okay, so Coheed and Cambria is they're like a prog rock band. A lot of like really unique musical compositions the lead singer has this like beautiful angelic voice but they're like thrashers it's incredible yeah Uh, but they um part of their art is the music that they uh create it coincides with like comics and so yeah one one of the pieces they did their like the the insert into their like their album was this comic that you listen to the music and you follow along and essentially what you're hearing is the story of the comic wow yeah so so i love the idea of like being inspired by music and then crafting stories that are you know in in like in sync in in touch with that i I love that i love that (laughs) Right on, right yeah. on. Excellent. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and transition to that moment. For those of you that are new to the program, welcome. What we do here is we take a moment in our guest's life where they made a decision or life made a decision for them, and they have seen the impact of that decision to this day. Eric, what, what was that moment for you? Well, I've had several moments like that in my life, very important moments, but um, I really thought about this and the most important moment in my life that crucially affected my career and what I do nowadays is, you know, back in 2000, um, 2008, I was working at this, um, well, the, the company name is Devlin and they, it's an optical, you know, enterprise, you know, we check, we sell, we sell glasses. Okay. They, they, they sell glasses, mm-hmm. right? So, um, People go in there. People go go in there, and we check the uh, their eyes and tell them if they need glasses or not. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. So I was working there, and and obviously before that, you know, I had worked in several other places. I worked on Blockbuster, Kentucky Fried Chicken, nice. worst fucking job ever. Oh. Can I say fuck? Can I say fuck here? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible job, man. Yeah. Terrible, worst job ever. You know. Uh, just a little parenthesis that I want to say. You know, mm-hmm. I worked two two and a half months in in in, in Kentucky Fried Chicken. I bought my guitar in there mm-hmm. and a little pedal, yeah. and then I quit. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's it. Wow. You know, okay. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So yeah. So the thing is that this goes way back to my personal life, my my upbringing, and mm-hmm. my me growing up with my parents and my my school teachers and blah blah blah. The thing is that I don't like authority. Okay. Yeah, I kind of hate, I hate authority. I hate being told what to do. And, you know, it's just having somebody, depending on somebody to make money for a living. Okay. So in, in this last place where I worked, I was kind of fed up. And then the boss was actually kind of okay. You know, he wasn't an asshole. Sure. I've dealt with assholes before, but mm-hmm. this guy was all right. You know, it's just, it was just me. It was just me just, you know, losing my mind 
you know, going far away to work, taking the bus, taking the, mm. you know, most people listening to us probably, you know, know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You know, everybody has worked somewhere at one point of our lives. So, you know, I, I, I was just so fed up with that, so sick of that, that I just said to myself, it was, I, I think it was November 2009 what I, where I said, you know what, I'm just going to quit this job in January and I'm never going to work for anybody ever again. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, start my own business and on a side, on the side, you know, as a part time, you know, I will, I'm going to, I'm going to keep focusing on my writing or my music, et cetera, until I make it, you know, as an artist mm-hmm. or as a content creator of some sorts. And that's exactly what I did on January. You know, I quit. I started my own business. It was a small business, you know, um, well, it's a pirate business. You know, it's it's illegal, of course, but mm-hmm. in Mexico, you know, that term doesn't really exist for certain things. <laughs> Sell, selling piracy in third world countries. Uh-huh. Should you know this? I mean, it's it's like it's not really illegal. Yeah, it's part of our everyday lives. Sure. So okay. I, I I I got this burner, this uh, CD and DVD burner, mm-hmm. and I you know I started burning you know anime CDs, you know game video game CDs, and I would go to flea markets and and sell them there. Ah, and okay. and of course, of course, it didn't. It never worked. It never freaking worked. <laughs> you know, for six months, I was almost starving. You know, I was living with wow. my brother, sharing the rent for a small apartment, and it was just awful. You know, but back then I was so. You know, my life was different. My life was so different because I was doing these. Uh, I was role playing on the internet. Okay. Role playing, not no, not playing video games. I mean, just like writing stories. Sure. You 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 do these role plays in um. On forum back then we were doing we were doing this on messenger when okay. messenger existed and um before facebook and uh, we were doing these uh, stories and that's also why i got so into writing of course mm. but um the thing is that that moment in my life was was when i said you know i just i can't do this anymore you know i can't do this and i gotta focus on this and i'm gonna make it and you know it's been almost 12 years since that decision and I haven't I haven't worked for anybody ever again. Wow, wow! Yeah, because my business, but my business never succeeded until I started, you know, hanging out with this guy next to me who was selling original video games. Okay. And he taught me he taught me everything I needed to know about reselling, you know, about the market of sure. you know original original physical media. Okay. And um, I got into the business, and eventually I just started my own business with physical original media, and you know, goodbye piracy right. and bootleg. You know, I was doing. Physical, and I was a reseller for a long time, for like ten years. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Until until this until my channel, you know, succeeded. Gotcha. Okay. So then you, so just to make sure I have the timeline down, it's November two thousand eight, and you're like, I hate this. This sucks. I qu- I'm gonna yes. quit. I'm gonna start January fresh. I'm dipping, and I'm gonna start my own business. And then for six months after you did that. You were struggling to like resell bootleg versions of games and anime and stuff like that. And it wasn't working out. You were starving. And then after about six months, this dude kind of took you under his wing and he said, hey, let me let me open you up to the idea of reselling. So then you you started to like buy and sell um, IPs that existed. Right. So you're just you're acquiring things and then reselling them at, at the same flea market. Yeah, the same, the same plain market, but but for for like five months after that, you know, it was it wasn't still working. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still struggling, but I saw a future. Okay. So what I did, you know, when I went back to live with my parents, I moved back with them. Okay. So I wouldn't have to pay any rent. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I said goodbye to my brother. You know, we were living in another city. Okay. So I came I came back to Jalisco to Guadalajara, mm-hmm. and uh, with my parents. And I remember, you know, I started doing started doing so well, and within a year, because I was selling online, I didn't have a store. Okay. So I I, I started selling online. You know, there's this place like I call I call this one the um the Latin American eBay. Sure. It's called Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre. Yeah. You know, so um, back then nobody nobody was selling video games. You know, I mean, there was like I don't know maybe ten people, twenty people in the entire country. You know, really? the video game market was completely different than what it is today. So it was so easy to make money. You know, nobody was buying anything. Nobody was collecting anything, or you know, just you could just buy from wherever. I used to buy a lot from Blockbuster to resell online. Sure. You know, so 
I got a lot of games, I built a business, and within a year, I moved to my own apartment. This was, I'm talking about in, um, this was in 2010, late 2010. Okay. December 2010, I moved to my own apartment. Uh, for the first time, I was living on my own, you know, by okay. myself, paying rent, paying everything. And um, then it went down again, you know, in 2011, the business went down again. Oh no. So bad. But the first half was kind of okay, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I got to a point where I was like, you know, it's just not working anymore again. Mm. And I, I got so close to bankrupt. Oh, I, you know, man. I was desperate and I was, I was just this close to break my promise. You know, that I'm going to have to keep this up Ugh. and go get a job, you know. But thankfully, you know, my, my uncle had this uh, in this store in the mall that mm -hmm. he was shutting down and he had a small kiosk right outside the store okay so i asked him you know hey I, what are you gonna do with this kiosk you know i'm just gonna rent it do you want it and i say heck yeah <laughs> all and right this was a, you know I, I opened the store there and the little store in that kiosk in 2012 january 2012 okay and it worked my my, my business succeeded oh wow okay. it was also back it was also back then you know back in 2012 when i had completely given up on music when i had you know just started focusing again on writing full-time okay. not, not full-time I mean part-time like like goodbye music you know hello literature that's what this, this is what I'm gonna do from now on gotcha right okay. focus on writing a book so yeah my my, my business succeeded and in, within a year I published my first book on March 2013 nice okay and then so jumping into this market of uh, buying and selling video games in this totally unsaturated market, is that what stirred your love for video games? Or uh, did you already have that and this just happened to be a convenient avenue for you? I already have that, you know, since I was little. Okay. I, I've loved video games since I was like five years old, since I touched uh, Super Mario Brothers, you know, on the NES, Excite mm -hmm. Bike. Skate or Die, you know, those were my first video games yeah. in my life. But I didn't touch an RPG until I was like 11 or 12, I think. I, I had this Game Boy, and my friend had this game, and we didn't know what an RPG was. You know, there was no internet back then. Right. So we, we didn't know that how, how to call these types of games. So he said to me, you know, I had this really unique game. You got to try this, man. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. You know, of course, I had played similar games. I don't consider the Zelda games as RPGs, but I've sure. played Zelda games before. Mm -hmm. But this was, was a turn-based RPG, and it was called Final Fantasy Legend 2 on the Game Boy. And when I played it, I was like, wow, I mean, there's nothing else like it. You know, yeah. what, what the hell is this? H how are we going to call this? Yeah. So, yeah, to, to answer your question, you know, my, my love for video games and RPGs comes from way before I started reselling video games, since I was like a teenager. Gotcha. Okay. So this was this was just a, happened to be a convenient avenue that was right up your wheelhouse. You were already a lover of games. There was not really a market for it. So you're like, I fit here. Perfect. And that's... Exactly. You know, well, the, the, the market was just beginning here in Mexico. You know, I know the right. market for video game collecting and buying started way before in other countries. But mm -hmm. in Mexico, it was just beginning back in 2010. That's why I succeeded at first. Succeeded and then struggled and then succeeded again in, gotcha. in, in the mall. Nice. Yeah, um, my, 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 my work pretty much... Reselling video games is something that I started doing because I love video games. Right. Simple as that. Perfect. So where were you, where were you living when you were working at the, like the eye doctor place um, where you, with your brother, where was that? Cause you said you moved back home to Guadalajara. Where was it before that? I uh, is a city called Leon, Leon, like Lion, but in Spanish, Leon. Okay. And um, it's like two and a half hours away, three hours away from Guadalajara. Okay. And um, I only I moved there with him on on the summer during the summer of 2008, and I stayed there until November 2009. Like a year and a half, I lived with my brother mm -hmm. in his apartment. Gotcha. We were sharing expenses, the rent, you know, mm -hmm. 50-50. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So to unpack a little bit more of who you were, I'm gonna stay. Um, at around the November of 08 to January of 09, the, the, from the moment that you're like, I'm going to quit to the moment that you quit around this time, 
So you've mentioned your parents, you mentioned your brother. I think you mentioned a sister too. Did I hear you say that? Yeah, I have a I have a younger sister. Yeah, but she was living back in Guadalajara with my parents. Okay, so is it? It's just your parents, and then you three kids. You, your brother, yes. and your sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm so. the sandwich. My brother is older than me. Yeah. Okay. I'm You're in the, the middle. Middle, middle child. The middle. What's up, middle child? <laughs> <laughs> and okay. And then your your sister is uh, was she still like in grade school? How, uh, what's the difference between you and your sister? Well, a year and a half. Oh, well, okay. Less than that, like a year and two months. Okay, so she's she's um, right behind you. Yeah, she's about my age, and she was doing college. And then a few years later, in 2014, she moved to England. Oh. Yeah, wow. to to do uh, her master degree or how do you call it in English? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to continue her studies and then become a researcher. You know, uh, she 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 did the, this uh, nutrition career. Okay. And then what what she does right now is to uh, research to do research in a hospital on behalf of the university, and she's still living there. Wow, wow, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Okay. And well, if my, my brother is a publicist, you know, he studied uh, this career called communication. Right. I'm not, I'm not sure how you call that career, that type of career in, on the, in the U.S. It's the same. Here it's called, it's the same communication. Yeah. I all mean, right. yeah, that's what you would study here. Publicist or marketing or mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what he does nowadays. Now he started his own business a few years ago mm-hmm. online, you know, and just pretty much manages social media for certain companies or small businesses. Gotcha. Okay. So I've, I've encountered a lot of people that own a business or their family owns a business. Do you guys have rules about the way that you interact with each other professionally? So he does marketing and then you had your own business then, and then like you have your, your books now and uh, for your, your YouTube channel, do you ever utilize his services to help market your stuff or do you, you're like, nope, we're, we're keeping business away from family and family away from business. How do you guys do that? You know, that's exactly how I think and feel. He doesn't. Okay. He's offered, he offered his services a long time ago when I was just starting on YouTube mm-hmm. and also when I was starting writing. But um, I always said no okay. because, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who believes that businesses and family just doesn't really mix. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really want to mix that. You know, it just doesn't work most of the time mm-hmm. for anybody living on this planet. You know, yeah. everybody knows this. Sometimes it works and it was, works great. You know, um, I don't know. There's like, there's this band, uh, ACDC, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the guys, the two guitar players are brothers. So sometimes every now and then, you know, business between family members works, but sometimes it doesn't. Right. So I've always tried to keep that separate. Okay. Okay, so this there's this guy that I know who does. Uh, he's a contractor, yeah. right? And so he he like okay. does building and stuff. And his rule is for friends and family, his price is double. Wow. Yeah. Because oh, wow. he's like, look, I <laughs> I don't want to work for you because like we're friends or family because you're gonna expect yeah. me to do extra. You're gonna want this discount, so your price is double. If you if you want to <laughs> pay me that, I'll do the work. Sure. But no, so that's his rules. I, and, and I love that because for me, I, I, I don't think I could be in business with family for the same reason. I don't, I don't know that I would always take them seriously because like, ah, shut up. You're just my cousin or my brother or my sister or whatever. I don't, I don't believe you sort of thing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, did, you, did you have any hobbies, right? So we'll, we'll, we know about music. We know about the love of games. Outside of those two, did you do anything for fun in that time, 08 to 09? What, what hobbies did you have then? Oh, and then you, you mentioned well, you did the RPing on the forums too. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I was obsessed with that, and it did some damage to me later on. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty much what I was doing. Besides playing video games, of course, you sure. know, I started getting into RPGs more and more. Mm-hmm. So I was playing off RPG after RPG, and then, you know, RPing on, on forums and yeah. on Messenger. And that was pretty much it. You know, I, I was barely watching any TV or movies. You know, I've always been a movie a movie guy. But um, back then, you know, mm. it was just that. It was pretty much that. I wasn't even reading books, you know. Really? I, ironically, yeah, yeah. Because I was reading all the time. My, my, my friends or sure. the participants of, of my role-playing stories, you know, I was yeah. the game master all the time. Okay. Just reading them. So, yeah, I wasn't reading any books. I got, I got, I got into reading books like a... 
like in 2012. Okay. To see, because I wanted to publish my own book. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, up until that point, I had only read like, I don't know, maybe five books in my entire life. Yeah. And I was like, come on, this is ridiculous. How am I going to be a writer and not have any experience whatsoever in reading books? It's too stupid. So in 2012, I started reading like crazy. That's like a really beautiful moment that you had. A lot of people are not that self-aware. So there are a lot of people that I have met throughout the years uh, as an actor that want to get into writing, but they do not read at all. Like they don't read anything. And it's like, how can I communicate to you that this is something that you have to know how to do? And this is something that you have to incorporate. If you're going to be a writer, you have to read, right? How are you going to learn how the structure is made? How are you going to learn about storytelling? Are you just going to write your thoughts on, on paper and it's just going to be like a 500 page Facebook post? No, come on. <laughs> come on. So, yeah. Yeah. So I love, I love that, that you were able to have that. Um, so music has been a, a big part of your life for a long time. Um, yeah. Tell me about what, what genres of music were most influential to you at that moment in time? What, what kind of music were you listening to around that time of that decision the most? When people always ask me what kind of music I'm into, what genres, and I, I prefer answering the, the names of the bands that I listen to because I listen to something completely different. And it's like, okay, I listen to metal, but I don't like every single metal band. Sure. Mm-hmm. Same with rock, punk, yeah. industrial, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I listen to a lot of music. So um, you could say you, you could say that you know I was listening to and I still do, and I did before that you know like metal, uh, rock music, punk, grunge, okay, you know different styles. I didn't get into like blues or jazz until later in my life, you know. But back then I was just listening to that pretty much. Okay, so heavy guitars, maybe some distortion, yeah, heavy heavy-handed drums into that not necessarily not necessarily but prefer preferably yeah Yeah? okay (laughs) okay uh what what um what metal band are you listening to right now well my favorite band of all time since i was 15 years old is nine inch nails okay it's a very experimental band i mean when people try to say what kind of music is this they can't some people say industrial metal rock Mm -hmm. industrial rock but it isn't true. Nine Inch Nails is like it, its own genre. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the guy does everything, you know, it's just very experimental. And my second favorite band of all time is the same. It's The Cure. The Cure. Okay. The, the Cure is a band that, I mean, if you listen to, if you really listen to The Cure, not the freaking pop songs that everybody knows. Sure. You know, it's a very experimental band too. They've yeah. done everything, you know, rock yeah. metal, you know, gothic, you know, pop, rock pop. Nice. Punk, post-punk. Yeah. So I love that these two bands that you list are two of the most influential bands mm-hmm. of their <laughs> perspective yep. genres. Uh, Trent mm-hmm. Reznor is an Academy Award winner who... Uh, Twice. Yeah, that's... Man, <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. All right, so here's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a hipster, but um, I don't care. You know, yeah. I started listening to Nine Inch Nails be- before it was famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know the guy right now. What he's like, overly famous. Nice. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been a fan of Nine Inch Nails for a long time too. Yeah. <laughs> um, at that time, what were, what do you think, one or two things that were spots of fear for you? I know that you had mentioned that you had a dis distaste for authority right you headbutted authority you didn't want to be controlled by you know a boss or anything like that so is there anything that you can think of that was that you were fearful of at that time yeah of course i mean i've never worked <clears throat> sorry i've never worked before with a publisher for my books mm-hmm. you know i did send a couple of my books to a couple of publishers mm-hmm. but uh i never heard back I heard back from once from from two two publishing houses and they rejected the book. Okay. My biggest fear at the beginning was that I I know myself, I know my writing, I know the type of stories I'm into, the type of character, the type of dialogues. So I know I'm a, I'm a very it's just my 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 writing is very niche. Okay. I was very aware about that from from the beginning before I published my first book. I was like, wow, this is so abstract. This is so messed up, you know, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are going to struggle reading the book or most people are just not going to like it. 
So I knew for a fact that I was always going to have a niche market. In mm -hmm. most of my books, I think there's like two, maybe three that are like more open to the general public. But most of my books are just, you know, for a specific audience. They're so complicated, complex, mm -hmm. uh, so dark. And the writing, the style, you know, the words I use, the adjectives I use, the synonyms I use, you know, it's always like very, very convoluted. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of hard to read sometimes. So I knew for a fact that was going to happen. So that was one of my biggest fears combined uh, with, with, with the other fear that most publishing houses were, of course, going to reject these types of stories, these types of books, uh, especially now because, you know, books is not that apart from the music industry nowadays. Yeah. Most of the, uh, the books that sell, that, mass, that sell massively nowadays, the great seller, the best sellers are, most of them are fucking trash. Yeah. You, know, I, you know, I published my first book during the time where Twilight and Fifty Shades mm. of Grey were a huge thing. And I was like, you know, publishers, some publishers might just read the book and say, well, this is great, but this is not going to work. So yeah. I, we can't publish your book. It's, there's just no money in it. So that was, those were my biggest fears that, you know, that's why I, I decided to go solo with, with my first book. Okay. And for my second book, I considered, you know, it's a long story behind it. The, the book is called Terra Gaiden. And I wrote the book in English mm -hmm. because I wanted to move to Canada. Wow. And take it to, take it to a publisher. You know, okay. but um, back then th things have changed. Now I did go to Canada like a couple of years ago. Okay. But um, back then in 2014, you know, to go to Canada you needed a visa, mm. and they were only giving visas to people who had some type of guarantee that they wouldn't stay in their country. So oh, I applied okay. for a visa. Me, single, you know, no job, just right. a writer. So they rejected the visa. Yeah, <laughs> like now he's gonna stay. He's gonna stay. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. It was my plan. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That was my plan. That was my plan. You know, but I'm. I didn't want to live forever illegally. You know, I didn't sure. want to be another Mexican illegal in Canada. Yeah. Wow, I didn't want to do that. So um, I didn't get the visa, but I did get a lot of uh, a few. After I published that second book, you know. I immediately published a, a book in Spanish, a third book in Spanish, mm -hmm. very similar. These two books are very RPG influenced. Okay. And these books, um, I applied for several gaming and anime shows here in Guadalajara, where mm -hmm. I live, and they said yes. So I started selling my books in, in gaming shows and, and anime shows and conventions, also in my store. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it kind of worked a little bit at the beginning. Obviously, I was doing much better in these gaming shows. So that's where, where I said, you know, you know, f just fuck the publishers. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing this on my own, just yeah. self-publish my own. Yeah. You know, I wasn't making a lot of money, of course, you know, so I was just barely making any money, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, for example, I don't know, um, every copy of Terra Gaiden that I, that I paid, mm -hmm. you know, to the printing house costs me, it cost me like, let's, let's just say mm, $3. Okay. Right, and I was selling the copies for five dollars, so I was only making like two dollars per book. Gotcha. Eventually, I started making a little bit more, but it was just like that. You know, there there wasn't really a lot of money involved. You know, mm -hmm. I wasn't do. I, I've never been able to do this for a living. Not even now that I'm kind of slightly famous. Yeah. Thanks to the YouTube channel, you yeah. know, I still can make a living out of my books. No way. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Um, what were at the oh, moment? Sorry, I mean. Go ahead. You ask about the fear, you know, my biggest fear, you mentioned authority, my hate, my hate for authority, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that was my second fear, you know, that's another reason why I didn't want to work with publishers, because I knew that if I got accepted, they will change everything, they will be in charge, mm -hmm. they will be technically my bosses, and I was so, I wasn't really frightened about that, but I was like, I don't want to go through this anymore, you know, I just don't want somebody controlling me, let alone controlling my art, right, I, I couldn't stand that, you know, so yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's perfect. Um, and then what about in that time um, when you're like, okay, I'm going to quit. Did you, and you said, I'm going to quit. I'm going to start my own business because I want to be my own boss. Did you have like something that you were really hoping for? Like, did you have a dream in that moment? Did you just, was it just like, oh, I just want to be a successful businessman? Or did you like have an idea of like, oh no, I'm going to quit this and I want to do this thing. Right. And this is like outside of music because I feel like a lot of us with, with art, when we start 
doing something with art. We're like, oh, that would be great to be, you know, on stage thrashing in front of a billion people or whatever. But in that moment when you're like, okay, I'm going to quit this. Was there something that you were like, I really want this thing that kind of coincides with being uh, starting your own business? Sure. I mean, starting my own business was just to get away from authority and being my own boss and also to make a living out of it. You know, but what what I was really after was pursuing uh, an artistic career. Okay. Back then it was music, you know, but a couple of years later it changed to writing, to literature, and then eventually to uh, video making. I mean, you mentioned my short films at the beginning. That was also something that I really wanted to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know, my goal, my dream, as you say, was just to be a successful content creator, like a writer or a musician or a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I just reshaped my focus on writing, you know, and then video, but that came later. Okay. So for sure it was you wanted to have an expressive, creative life. Okay. Okay. Indeed, yes. All right. So that's good to know. That is good to know. Okay, rapid fire. Hit me with three of your favorite foods. Go. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really like Mexican food. I okay. think it's the best. Most of them, you know, and the, the majority of Mexican food are just, it's just delicious. Yeah. No, I can't really pick one goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I also love Chinese food and Japanese food. Okay. Italian too, but um, if I had to choose just three, mm-hmm. just three, you know, Mexican, Japanese, and Chinese. Okay. And then can't, I can't pick a specific dish, man. It's just too hard. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, and then uh, here's another thing, another rapid fire. Name three things that you love about yourself. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm going to feel like a narcissist. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> I, so here, I'll, ex- I'll explain this question. Uh, I think we spend so much time uh, beating ourselves up for all the things that we're coming up short on that we don't really take a moment to appreciate the, you know, just ourselves appreciate. And and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm the greatest of all time because of whatever, whatever. But I think like there are things about us that when we finally accept ourselves that we can appreciate like, oh, man, I used to get made fun of for my hands, but I use these hands for this and that really brings me a lot of joy. So I love my hands, that sort of thing. So hit me with three things that you love about yourself. Okay. First and foremost, I, I love my honesty. I'm I'm a very honest guy and sometimes it hurts people. You know, sometimes I lose, I've lost friends Hmm. because of this, but I'm, I'm really honest. I've lost also subscribers (laughs) and viewers. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, I like being honest, you know, it just, works better for me mm-hmm. I, I also love um what my creativity you know without my creativity i wouldn't be standing here today i wouldn't be doing what i do my creativity you know how i always you know strive for creating something and work my best to do it and just kind of make a living out of it now that i finally now that i'm finally making a living out of my creativity you know mm-hmm. it just feels so good so yeah. how can i not love that about me yeah and um i think i love my enthusiasm for for certain things. Okay. You know, I love that about me because, and I see, I've, I've met a lot of artists in my life, mm-hmm. a lot of content creators too, and they don't really have a lot of enthusiasm for doing certain things. It's like sometimes half of the time they force themselves to do what they do. Yeah. And I barely fail that way. Yes, I force myself to do this and that too, but it's, it's pretty much very rare. Most of the time I'm very enthusiastic about what I'm going to do. Awesome. Excellent. Okay, so I think, I think at this point we have a lot of really good information that I can draw on uh, to create a story for you. I think I have a pretty, a pretty good picture of who you might have been in that moment and like kind of some of the things that you're working on. So I'm going to try, and, try and, and, and pick you out and then put you in, in a story where we kind of explore um, what life might have been like for you if you never quit. Okay. Right. So, and, and that's to say that that's one way that it could be, you might end up quitting later, but in this moment, the decision was I'm quitting. I'm going to start a business. So let's, let's explore life where you took a detour from that and maybe didn't. So, oh man, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Excellent. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break, um, in real life, but you guys won't. So take a breath in, take a breath out and we'll hear the story. Be right back. 
Welcome back. And to reiterate, my guest for today is Eric Landon. He's an author of, like I said, 10 books. Um, his most recent release is Nick's Inferno, the complete edition. Check him out on Amazon. If you go uh, and you check out his entry on the website, you'll see a link to his uh, like his collection as an author on Amazon. You can pick it up there. You can also follow him on YouTube at youtube.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, Landon, R-P-G. Eric Landon, R-P-G. So we were just talking about this, the process of translating Nick's Inferno into English. That took a long time. What what kept you going throughout it all? Did you ever have those moments where you're like, fuck this, I'm done, I hate this? <laughs> Uh, not really. More like I was just delaying the inevitable. Gotcha. Like, you know, sometimes I will get to it and work on it. And, you know, I would just sit down and say, I'm going to translate, I don't know, uh, a whole chapter today or two chapters. Hmm. And after translated chapter one, I was like, you know, I'm burned. I'm going to leave it for tomorrow. Hmm. And an entire week elapsed. Gotcha. So okay. it was just a lazy process. <laughs> but because it's so frustrating, you know, I hmm. now that I've translated uh, two of my books, were originally written in Spanish. Mm -hmm. I know what translators go through, professional translators, and honestly, my respect goes to them. I mean, it's a huge pain in the ass translating something. It might seem or sound easy to do, but it's not. It's such a pain in the ass because things get out of context, sentences, entire paragraphs, dialogues going out of context completely just because of one word sometimes. Wow. You got to fix that word and change it. So it's a pain in the ass, but it's totally worth it because I want to have all of my books in both languages mm -hmm. eventually one day. And I'm working there and I've been getting a positive response from fans. Good. Fans that obviously come from my channel, my YouTube channel in English. Mm -hmm. So obviously they want to read my work, my original work, which was written in Spanish, mm -hmm. in English. So right. it's been rewarding. Gotcha. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a trip. Um, the like the difference between transliterating and translating, and how trying to find the appropriate context when you're just like, no, no, these are the words he said, but this is what he meant, you know, and like turns of phrase and things of that nature being having to be peppered in. So exactly. I applaud. I applaud the work, my man. I applaud the work. <laughs> Thank you. Right Thanks. on. All right, so right now we're going to go ahead and get into the story of other Eric, and uh, we'll talk about it in a moment, but here it is. <clears throat> okay. Humming to himself, other Eric sings through the riff, playing in his mind on repeat. Wom, wom, wanana, wom, wanana. Eager to catch every bit of it, he stops in the middle of the walkway on Francisco Gonzalez Bocanegra Boulevard, stuffing the dinner he just picked from the Birria El Mesquite under his arm and retrieves a small notebook from his back pocket and scribbles the sounds popcorn exploding in his mind. A statue clad in black, he absorbs the heat of the sun punching down from beyond the edges of the vertical horizon. His neck begins to pool sweat on the edge of his collar beneath his long black coat. Undeterred, he scrawls the vocalizations of the guitar sounds, screaming from the recesses of his mind. Playing them back, he sings out, wom, wom, wanana, wom, wanana. The comfort of the repetition eases his disgust with himself for, again, waking up, dressing, eating, and heading to work. Other Eric pushes through his hesitations and continues the trek to Devlin. Slowly, he ambles alongside the plain wall of the Central Max, periodically sliding his fingers along the building as he walked. In his mind's eye, his fingers are blades and the soft gooey edifice tears open, spilling out the souls trapped within. Be free, putos. You let yourselves get caught or you wasted away living every day the same. Wake up, brush your teeth, go to work. Sometimes you mix it up. You don't brush your teeth. That doesn't denote variety. It just means you're disgusting. Don't blame me because you never chose to do more than work in a stupid job and get told what to do all day. No one told you to live, so you just died. Nobody told you to move on, so now you haunt the belly of this stupid mall. Are you going to haunt the pathway here now that you've been freed, or are you going to move on? The wind picks up and climbs up his legs, running along his back and chilling his sweat-filled neck. He stops in his tracks. Closing his eyes, he runs his fingertips along his arms over the thousands of goosebumps poking through. I don't read Braille, ghosts. If you're going to talk to me, do it another way. Other Eric quips. The wind subsides, and he pushes on to his job at the optician's office. Eric stands at the entrance, eyeing the racks of glasses on display. Oh, good. You're here. 
I thought you were going to be late again, his boss calls out from behind the checkout counter, his face buried in order forms and prescriptions. Other Eric sharply replies, I almost was. This place is haunted, you know. They were bothering me on my way in. Is that right? Well, I'm glad you made it. Hey, I was thinking of ways to encourage more walk-ins. What if we change up the music? The music? Look, if people are not coming in, it's because they don't need glasses, not because they don't like the music. Other Eric, I was hired to be the boss, right? So maybe you could accept that I know some things. Did you know people are far more likely to patronize your establishment if they like the atmosphere? People like the music. They might come in and buy something. You, you play music, right? What if, uh, what if you played some of your music? What? No, you don't actually want my music to be played here. Other Eric shakes off the suggestion and places his dinner in the small fridge under the desk in the office behind the counter. He closes his eyes and clears his mind. Other Eric always made sure to let out all of his creativity play out in his mind before starting his job so as not to mix his love of creation with the place he works to pay rent. I'm serious. I think people will be quite impressed at the music of the store where their shopping is created by the people that work there. Have you ever been to a music store and listened to anything that people were there created while you were shopping? Probably not. But if you did, I think you would be more inclined to buy something. Popping his head out from the office, my music is more than just something, than just a contribution from an employee at the Devlin Optico. Look, it's important to me. I've been creating for a long time and I want to do more of that shit. What if I quit? Wow, I could just quit and make music. No, you cannot quit. I need you. Here, how about this? How about this? What if instead of quitting, his boss boss offers, you make a song? No words, but you make a song and we play it. For every person that buys something while your song is playing, I'll pay you a bonus. 5% of the cost of the frames. I'll pay you 5% of the cost of the frames that anyone buys while your song is playing. Other Eric leans against the counter opposite his boss and eyes him suspiciously. The tension swelling within him tugs ferociously on his shoulders and neck. He clenches his jaw tightly and breathes loudly through his nose. A bull. He kicks his right foot back and leans in. I don't like this. You're messing with me and that's pissing me off right now. Maybe you forgot, but I told you how important music was to me. My music is special to me. It's different and that's okay. I know what I'm creating is a little bit different. And there's a lot of work to do to make it palatable to everyone that comes in. Maybe I don't have to. Fuck it. What if I just make my music and tweak it a little bit, give it a taste of the ghostly presence of this house of death emanates? Finally, his boss looks up from his papers and is startled to see other Eric in such an aggressive, aggressive posture. Stuttering, he stammers through, I'm, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not messing with you. No. I'm not messing around. Look, I like you, other Eric. And I know you want to be a better leader. So I am trying to set things up, do things, plan for things, right? Look, I read recently that if you are a content employee, you will continue to do a good job. Even if I end up slacking, you will perform well. And even if that, even if it seems you don't have to, I mean, you have to, you have, you have to, but I want you to do a good job and you want to do a good job. So this is an opportunity. Other Eric sternly stares. If you are messing with me, you will regret it. I'm not threatening you. Well, maybe I am. I don't know yet. Several days later, standing behind a swath of people, other Eric's boss, Enrique, Kike to no one, calls out to other Eric who stands confidently at the entrance to the Devlin Optico, directing traffic into the tiny shop. Thank you, everyone that is waiting. I appreciate your patience. Everyone here will get a ticket, and with that ticket, you're guaranteed a price, a great price on a pair of frames and a signed copy of the album that is playing right now. I'm so happy to see you all. Pushing his way forward, Enrique calls out to other Eric, confused and excited. Other Eric, where did all these people come from? What? You heard me. Don't do that. How? Well, you remember a couple months ago, you said I could propose a sale of up to 30% off the frames on the floor at any time. Well, I put up flyers a few days ago saying that anyone that came in today from 11 to 3 would get a discount on frames a free shaping of the frames on their head, and a free copy of local musicians' OERPEGIO's latest release. In fact, that release would be playing during their shopping experience, but they had to come in between those hours. Wow. You know, you only get the bonus on frames sold during the song. I know, other Eric replies slyly. 
Wom, wom, wanana, plays overhead. The flurry of tones and chanting bathes the shoppers in eclectic ambient throws layered over aggressive guitar riffs. Throbbing bass limes and four-on-the-floor grooves round out the energetic sounds cascading from the wireless speakers littered throughout the store. This is my song. It's three hours long. There's 800 people outside, and we have 850 frames in the whole store. If everyone buys one, I'll make a few thousand dollars, and maybe... Maybe I'll buy this place from you. I'll play my music here. This is where it will all begin. And everyone that buys a frame will go home with a signed copy of this single. It was an accident, but you might have just set me on my way to make whatever I want to make. You're welcome for being part of my story. The end. Wow. <laughs> That's a very, very optimistic, <laughs> unrealistic, <laughs> but very positive outcome from Yeah. I, uh, my alternate dimension or something. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we will really need to live in a parallel world for that to happen, you know, mm -hmm. because my music is so unpopular here in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like like uh, much. I don't know. It sounds, just sounds more fantastic than any other than any JRPG in existence. Fair, but, but thanks, fair. man. That, that was an awesome story. Good, good. I'm glad. Hey, what happened? Did, did I buy the place? I think so. Like in my head, yeah. uh, eventually, you like you sold out of all the frames. You end up like taking over the lease and kicking him out, yeah. essentially firing him. But then you shut down the <laughs> the the Devlin and you just make it like your own personal like music space. Yeah, like so, a studio or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I just figured, like, if you if you had the help of the ghosts, right? Because I remember you saying that your music was not very popular. So I'm like, okay, if the ghosts help, right? And, like, in my head, the chanting part of it was, like, the ghosts wailing in the distance. So everybody is, like, getting this, like, really creepy experience. And they're like, okay, <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn away from this. So I have to buy it now so I can feel this at home and be terrified in my bed, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And also, I didn't know which, which Devlin you worked at. So I was looking on the map and I was like, oh, man, there's a whole bunch of them. So I just picked the one um, at the, the Centromax that was on. Oh, no, I wasn't there. Francisco Gonzalez Bocanegra. No, never worked there. It was, it was, I worked on, on um, a place called, um, and I forgot the name. It was a small, it's, it's a small, small center mall um it was such a long time ago yeah i don't remember the place but it was there inside a mall as a mm -hmm. mall place gotcha and um it was in the city of leon right it wasn't right. in guadalajara yeah 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 so this one this one is in leon and yep. uh so I, I was just hoping to guess right and pick the right yeah, one for central you. central max is it's a huge that's the that's you know, a, shopping, shopping yeah center, it's a big yeah. shopping center I was I was mm. hoping I was like ah oh, this is the biggest one please please be this one please be this one <laughs> it was not it was not oh, oh you could have asked come on yeah no I mean it's, it's I mean it doesn't matter right yeah I mean, no, it doesn't matter end, it's just like one of those those little things that when I guess it right and it's like it's happened a few times where I've guessed like uh, either the neighborhood or something correctly and been like right on point so I'm just like all right I'm gonna keep gambling yeah. if I get it right <laughs> cool if not it's like ah oh well. Maybe, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> next time. All, All right. right. Yeah. So uh, was I, was I able to at least capture some of you? Did you like? Did you hear you? I know, like some of the the, the outcomes may have been a little bit uh, outlandish based on the using your music as a catalyst for change. Um, but was I able to at least capture at least some of you? Like having listened to some of your a bunch of your videos and some of your streams uh, and even our conversation, I tried to like at least capture a little bit of, you know, like your swagger, a little bit of your, your attitude, you know, toward things and try to pepper yeah, that sure. in. Was I, was I able to at least capture some of that? Were you able to identify with the, your character in this? Yeah, a lot actually, but you know, during the conversations with my boss and you know, mm -hmm. the retrospectives, inside my head you know that's what what actually goes on inside my head that's the voice inside of me you know gotcha. when, when i talk to bosses or other people or other employers i'm never like that mm. that's that's how i am inside 
Gotcha. It's the me I don't let out. Gotcha. So yeah, you definitely capture that right. Okay. Because you know, people people see me as this edgy guy in real life, and I'm and I'm, I'm not really like that. Okay. But I guess inside, you know, I'm edgy as hell. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely. I resonated with you know I, that that was that was me. Okay. But that was like you know the the voice inside of me speaking through me. Gotcha. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So so then are, are are you like me that you like when you have memories of things you like play out the conversation but like you'll tweak what you actually said to what you want to say oh everybody does that. yeah yeah we all do that we all go to the past in conversations we have or mm-hmm. confrontations with other people and regret some things we said mm-hmm. or maybe i could have said this i could have said that and the outcome would have been different you mm-hmm. know it happens in everyday life i think all humans go through that we all like to sit down sometimes maybe at bed yeah you know at night you know, and, and re, uh, replay those conversations or those moments in our lives, mm-hmm. our past, and change things. And I wish I could go back and, you know, answer like this or say this or do this or that. Right. right. Yeah, we, we all do that. Right. I'm okay. no exception. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But one thing, you know, um, I don't, do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like sometimes I think like my apartment is haunted, but I don't, I don't give a whole lot of credence to the notion of there are a bunch of ghosts hanging out and around, you know, I think people, it's people think I, yeah. Do you people know? Not, well, I don't believe in them, but I, I'm open to the possibility. Right. Okay. I can't, I can't deny or prove their existence. So, um, right. okay. There's that because I, because I wrote the Reaper's Thorn, you know, a lot of people think I believe in ghosts and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like that, you know, right. it was just, you know, like a part of that book. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm the same. I have the same thought process on that where I can't yeah, like definitively, an belief. yeah, I can't definitively say that they do mm-hmm. exist or they don't exist. I think it'd be fun if they did. Right. Because I like the idea of things being haunted and only because yeah. I have this really weird thing where every now and again, I just really want to be scared. I don't know why. <laughs> so like sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll go out, like wake up and go use the restroom. And then every like I don't turn on any lights and then I'll just stare at myself in the mirror and make weird faces until I get like a like a measure of freaked out. <laughs> And then yeah, like, hey, oh my god gotta go to bed now <laughs> that's freaky <laughs> you know and i don't i don't know why i don't know why so i like the idea of there being ghosts you know and sure, so yeah. <laughs> i think i think the mind is very powerful and can it can play some really nasty tricks on you yeah without you even knowing it mm-hmm. could be it yeah i'm more of a believer in the um the psychological aspect in life okay yeah, that's why most of my books if not all of them you know have a lot of you know psychological stuff mm-hmm. in them yeah, you know, I get, I, I get what you're coming. If I, if one day I come back to my house and I see a footprint, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will freak out. Yeah, it's like, what? That doesn't go there. Why is it? Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know? I get it. Yeah. So. Some things we, we can't just explain. I mean, I think they're out of our understanding or human understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So I like, I like the idea of the possibility, but I don't pay much attention to it. Like I'm not, I'm not right. one where it's like, I'm not superstitious at all. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you grow up with family that was superstitious? No, not really. I no. mean, my mom is a, a really uh, devoted Catholic. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe not that much. Just, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to say the usual Catholic. Okay. Uh, well, we were born and raised as Catholics, but eventually uh, we went our separate ways in terms of religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I consider myself as an agnostic. Okay. Uh, my, my, the rest of my family, my brother, my sister, my dad, they're all Catholics still, but, uh, you, you know what I mean, right? They're, they're the type of, you know, yeah. I only believe when it's convenient. Sure. It's just, yeah, they never, they never admit that, of course, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that kind of people. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. But we're not really, you know, there's no superstition environment. I no. never grew up with something like that. Nothing of a sort or no, not even diehard Christians or Catholics or religious people nothing of this or you know we're pretty open-minded gotcha okay have you ever published a book i don't mean to change the subject you know no um have you ever because i think you're a very good writer i mean your choice of words you you know your sentences you know they're they're very well constructed the adjectives you use Mm -hmm. i mean wow i'm impressed (laughs) thank you thank you very much i appreciate that i appreciate that uh 
uh, truth be told, I am um, I am uh, with uh, a, a collection of other writers producing a, um, an anthology of short stories that will oh, be published nice. in the fall. So that'll be my first actual published work. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, good luck, man. Thank you, wow. thank you very much. Thank you very much. You're really good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's it's really fun, man. This like this whole idea of the uh, like the the infinite versions of who we are and all of the adventures mm-hmm. they get up to. I spend so much time daydreaming about that that I'm just like, I got to put that to work, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we've all wondered at some point or another. Some people do it more often than others. Mm-hmm. You know, to sit back and 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 say, what would have happened if I had done this instead yeah. of this? Yeah, you know, I've done that several times for a fact. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting to see what could have happened, right? All that could have been, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it blows my mind how sometimes it's so little. The, the thing we do is so little that, yeah. you know, forever has changed. So, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Oh, man. This was fun. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. It was, it was a, no problem, man. A, a pleasure to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool beans. Cool beans. Okay. I think with that, we'll go ahead and wind down today's episode. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Um, my guest again is Eric Landon. Find him on YouTube at youtube.com slash Eric Landon RPG. That is Eric with uh, CK. Uh, and then click the link uh, on his um, page on the website uh, to check out his books. His latest, again, is uh, Nick's Inferno, the complete edition. It has uh, Nick's Inferno 1 and 2 recently translated into English. Only like a few months old at this point. Uh, but yeah, please feel free to support him that way. Otherwise, thank you everybody for listening. Come back next week for another episode of Other You. Follow us on social medias on Twitter at Other You Podcast. Instagram is at Other You underscore podcast. And come back next week again. For Eric, I'm D. We out. Bye. Later.